welcome to the next episode of Laba Laba podcast, podcast about inspirational people from the dancehall world. It's my pleasure to announce you that our guest today is Sanjay, a Jamaican recording artist who is operating a guest house, Bella 23, that is accommodating creatives from across the world and who is also leading his Bella 23 blog that is full of interviews with interesting people regarding hot topics in the dancehall scene. But these are just uh, only few projects of his. Hopefully you will tell us more. Sanjay, welcome. I'm really glad you joined us for this episode. Wagwan. Yeah, it's a pleasure. First of all, as you are doing a lot of things, introduce yourself a bit, please. Who are you? Where are you from? How are you involved in the dancehall scene? And for how long are you active in the scene? Oh, yeah, my name is Sanjay. Um, I'm a artist, as you mentioned, uh, um, television producer and co-host. Um, I have a guest house. I um, promote events. Yeah, so I'm an active member of the entertainment scene here in Jamaica. Um, it's been this way for quite some time. Um, music I've been involved in forever, probably old, longer than some of your listeners have been alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, that's pretty much it. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm involved in the entertainment sphere in many different aspects. Mm -hmm. And where did you grow up in Kingston or somewhere else? I was born in, um, a place in Jamaica called Clarendon, Portland mm -hmm. cottage, Clarendon to be exact. Um, spent the first few years of my life there. And then, uh, I, I was sent to New York. I lived with some family in New York for a while. Came back to came back to Jamaica. I did um, school, like some school in Jamaica, and then um, I left again. Went to university in Florida, and then I came back to Jamaica um, after finishing university. And then I've just been involved in music, in TV, and entertainment ever since. Mm -hmm. You have many successful dancehall songs. Uh, how did you start working as a recording artist? How long was the way? I mean, I, I've been working as a dancehall artist um, for a long time. Like I said, um, my first actual recording was actually, the first professional recording was actually in released in 1997. We actually recorded it even before this. Um, it was when I was still in school. Um, I was always doing music, uh, even when I was young and in school. I was always, I was always, I was the like the the singer for my class. So like we would always do that. <laughs> we would like beat the desks and sing in school and all these things. And um, the teachers used to tell the parents of the other students, "Don't let your your child hang out with Sanjay because he wastes everybody's time in school and then he goes home and does his work, <laughs> and nobody else and other people don't." <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I was I was always the the artist in in school, and um, it started from back then. And then, like I said, I I I had the opportunity to do like an official recording while I was still in school, that did well. And then uh, when I graduated, I, I I had the opportunity to finish up school. A lot of people gave me advice, you know, if you finish school and then focus on music. And so I did that. I graduated high school very young. I graduated when I was 15, so I went to university at 16 finished when I was 20 um, and then I came, and then I started um, pursuing the music full time um, 
so yeah, and I've, I've just been doing it ever since, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And which song was uh, like the breakthrough that opened more doors for you? What would you say? I never really had a breakthrough song. I think with me, what it was, was it was like a steady buildup of songs. It mm-hmm. was like um, in my career, like one of my first popular songs was actually a song called Man of My Word. Um, I feel like I'm one of these types of people that I never really had this huge song that everybody just like, boom, oh, wow, Sanjay. Like, it was like a steady growth that mm-hmm. one day, one day people just woke up and it's like, oh, Sanjay's a star kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like eventually you, you you make enough music and you have enough songs that people like that eventually they just start to see you in this way. And so you know, not everybody gets this big hit song that everybody that just announces their their, their arrival. But it's a good way because sometimes uh, the artists have just one or two like big songs and then no one heard of them anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's all good either way. I mean, I, I always thought I would have this big breakout song too. <laughs> it, it, it never happened that way for me. So I mean, but like, I mean, it's cool. It is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And what is your process when creating a song? How do you usually proceed? I get a lot of ideas. Um, so a lot of artists, especially in Jamaica, they work off of rhythms. Like a producer will send them a rhythms, and they'll write a song to the rhythm. I do that as well, but I get I do my best material when I I just get ideas sometimes. So when I get these ideas, I'll um I'll just maybe write it in my in my mind. Like I just um kind of write a part of it. Like even my last very popular song, last real one left. Um, this is just the idea that I got just like driving home very late one night after curfew. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody was on the road. And it's just, I just, the idea came to me, last real one, like, I feel like the last real one left, like, literally. And then, um, and then it just, I just, you know, once I started to think about that concept more, um, the idea, the direction came to me. Like, you know, I did feel like there was a lot of superficial things happening around me and in the industry. Um, so that's the direction that it took on. But in my, like, I was actually literally just at the gym, just trying to find a melody. So I was just like, playing with different melodies just like last few on live and then I was doing like different different things and then eventually what what you hear now is what what stuck with me and mm-hmm. um and so my creative process sometimes is just it's it's kind of personal it's just like you know I get these I get an inspiration and I kind of play with it in my mind and then once I have a good amount like once I have a direction I like so I sent the voice note to my producer I said hey I have this idea listen and he listened to the voice note and then he made the beat then he sent me the beat and then I wrote the rest of the song to the beat so that sometimes it happens this way too where you know I mean I write a piece of the song send it to the producer because sometimes you want the song to like really fit into the um the music so so mm-hmm. I like I like to just kind of write a piece of it this way and then the producer builds the rhythm and then I'll kind of tailor it to the rhythm a little bit too you know mm-hmm. so uh where would you say you are finding inspiration all around you or <laughs> yeah, I mean inspiration comes from just life like, you know, people get inspired by their experiences you know what they what they either ex- like live through themselves or what they witness so you know I mean uh, if you're like most artists like you don't necessarily have to live something yourself to kind of be inspired by it some people sometimes you can watch a movie and get inspired 
I've written some I've written some really cool songs after watching a very emotional movie or something like this or or just any art. I remember one time one of my biggest songs is a, a song with Tanya Stevens called Corners of My Mind. And um the way I wrote that song, I was actually watching Rihanna's video. Um, we found love in a hopeless place. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you watch that video, in the end of the video, Rihanna is literally like balled up in the corner of the room, just like kind of like balled up. And like, it was such a powerful uh, imagery that I literally, I, like I was watching the video and then I just paused it when she was like in the corner of the room like that. And I was just staring at it for a long time because it was just such a powerful imagery. And then the idea of that song just came to my mind. In the corners of my room, doom waits for me. She says she's leaving. She says she gone. In the corners of my mind, I try to figure where did we go wrong? Where did we go wrong? And it was it was all from just staring at her in the corner of the room. Um, so it's just yeah, like I'm saying, you know, art inspires people. Like you know, what I mean, life inspires people. Just experiences inspire people, and I'm no mm-hmm. different. Yeah. As I said at the beginning, you are operating a guest house, accommodating creatives from across the world. It's called Bella 23. How did this idea come up and why the name Bella 23? What's behind that? Um, so when, when, when we first started the guest house, I had a partner, um, a lady named Charlotte Neem. Um, she actually came... I, I had one, I was actually thinking about something like this, but not, not in the same way. She came to me, she said, Hey, I have these girls that are staying at my place. And then I have more that want to come. And she was like, what, like, what do you think about, uh, about like starting like some type of a uh, uh, hostel type situation or something like this mm-hmm. that we could like, um, and, and so I, I said, yeah, fine, because I actually wanted to do a similar thing myself with, uh, but I, what I wanted to do is kind of the direction where I'm, what, what I'm doing now with Bellet was like, I wanted to do it um, as not just as like a, not just like a guest, a, a hostel, but just almost like a, a bar and a museum. And I mean, I'm not, I don't have a bar, but I'm like, I wanted to have other elements in, in it as well too, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm actually trying to incorporate now, but yeah, so when she came to me with this, um, it, it, I said, yeah, I like, I said, yeah. Um, and then we started, we, we, we found the place, we did what we needed to do. Um, and then, you know, we had meetings and we were saying, you know, we, ha- we need to find ways to market our space because there's other places very similar. You know, you know at the time there was a, a reggae hostel, there was dance hall hostel. And then we met and we just decided that, you know, one of the ways that we could be different uh, since she was a dancer and I at the time had some popular dancing songs I had you know I had Bele um, I had Bele uh, um, the dancing song and then I had like Tech Over Chip Chop I had a few dancing songs so it was just it was just the obvious thing you know what I mean we said okay so this is the direction that we want to go in um, and then we decided to call it Bele because you know as, as I mentioned I had a very popular song at the time called Bele um, and since it was going to be a dancing um, related space, it just all fit. Mm-hmm. And what about so, the number 23? 
Well, after the partnership dissolved, um, it didn't really work. We didn't really work well together. Uh, we kind of ended up um, going in two separate directions. Mm-hmm. So um, she ended up starting her own thing. And I, I, when we when we moved, um, we weren't like we were supposed to like do different things. And so instead of at the time, it was called Belle House. Um, and so we both started new brands. So uh, I started, I changed mine to Belle 23. 23, the significance of the number. 23 is, I feel like some people have a number that follows them throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And um, 23 is kind of like my number. I mean, I was born on the 23rd of September, but separate and apart from that, like there's so many other ways in which 23 has been relevant in my life. And um, when I looked up the, the astrological meaning of 23, like, so what, what, one of the things that I wanted to do when we, when, when I, when we changed directions was I didn't want to call it the hostel anymore because hostels, depending on where you're from, has, can be a, a negative connotation to some people. Mm-hmm. In Europe, it seems to be fine. In America, it's not so nice of a name. So um, I, I wanted to change that, from, change it from hostel to guest house. Uh, and especially since it's now a house and um, it was uh, before it was Belle House Kingston Dance Hostel. Now, one of the things that I was getting a lot was people were thinking I can't dance, so I'm not going to stay there. Uh, I didn't want people to think that you couldn't stay there if you couldn't dance. So I also changed that. I changed it to Kingston Creative Guest House. Now, one of the things mm-hmm. when I had when I looked up the meaning of the number 23, I realized that um, one of the meanings was actually creativity. So I thought it was a perfect fit because I wanted it to be a Kingston creative guest house. Um, and so it just all, it, it all fit kind of kind of nicely. Um, and then after we did everything, I realized after there were actually 23 beds in the house. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What would you say people can expect to experience when coming to uh, Bella 23? For example, someone who hasn't been to Jamaica is planning to, so what they can expect? I mean, I feel like um, if you check the Instagram page, you'll see a lot of what to expect. You can expect to be surrounded by like dancing, expect to be surrounded by fun, expect to be surrounded by culture, expect to be surrounded by creativity. You know what I mean? Expect to have a real authentic experience. You know what I mean? Like uh, the guys that helped me out there, they pretty much stay there all the time. And it's a pretty real experience. You know, things get pretty, things get ugly. Like things, you know, you have good experiences, you have bad experiences, but it's it's like a family environment. You know what I mean? That's what happens in, when you're in a family. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's just a real experience. You'll get a real authentic experience you know what i mean there's not really much ways to say it but yeah i mean we're a creative bunch we're, we're you know we're fun people we're uh, like we're caring people and and yeah you know what i mean we it, we've grown to be like this big family like you know what i mean a lot of people that come you know what i mean like we support each other and we you know what i mean we keep in touch on instagram and stuff like this it's a big family so obviously you probably can't talk to everybody as often as you wish you could but um, but everybody keeps the link and we support each other in whatever ways we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say it's really the family vibe. I felt it too. <laughs> I have to confirm. <laughs> Good. Uh, for people that are planning to visit Jamaica for the first time, what would you recommend they should see or experience what can't be missed? I mean, 
for people who are coming for the first time, one of the first things I would say is if you're coming to Jamaica for the first time, definitely stay at like some guest house. Stay at like some guest house, or guest house or a hostel because it's a good way to get to know the culture a little bit, especially on your first time and be surrounded by other like-minded people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I understand that a guest house is not for everybody, but I feel like it's a good way to be initiated into, into the scene. You know what I mean? Um, but what I would, in terms of attractions, I would definitely say, obviously, like, you know, it depends what you're coming for. If you're coming for the dance hall experience, then you obviously have to, you know, experience these street parties when they, they eventually come back. Um, the street dances are a must. Um, you obviously have to take your dance classes with, with your favorite dancers. And I would actually say, try to actually experiment. You know I mean? Don't only go for like these hot names. Don't only go for the exclusives and the overloads and the active immortals and uh, you know what I mean? Um, whoever else is your favorite dancers. Um, explore, explore, explore other, other teams. You know what I mean? Spread it around a little bit. You know what I mean? Cause there's some really talented people who just who may not have these big names. You know what I mean? Um, but in terms of attractions, if you're asking me about physical spaces and places, I mean, Jamaica's full of those. It's just really what you're into. If you're into like water things, I would say go to Duns River or Blue Hole or Frenchman's Cove or like some of these places, you know what I mean? Like depends what you're into, but Jamaica definitely, if you're into the hills, you know, go to Strawberry Hills, go to uh, Eats Cafe or, um, you know, just go up the mountains, go up into the mountains. Like there's tons of things to do depending on what your interests are, you know, Jamaica's full of that. Mm-hmm. So they should come to Bella and you will give some tips. <laughs> yeah, come to Bella, come, come to Dance Hall Hostel, go, go wherever you, you know what I mean? Where, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, when the Corona crisis started, uh, you've launched a new project, Bella 23 Online Classes with Jamaican dancers. How did this start? Who initiated it? And if you could introduce the concept, like how is it being done? Yeah, so um, actually it was one of our guests um, or, or community members, like one of, one of our people, <laughs> like she reached, out to, she reached out to me and she was just like, yo, why don't, you know, she's like, she's like in this, we, uh, nobody's doing anything. Why don't you start to like live stream some classes and just charge or something like this? And at the time, I didn't know how that would be possible. I didn't know how that could be possible. It actually took a lot of research and a lot of work to figure out how I could do this. Um, so I had to um, get a lot of, a few different people on board. I had to like meet with my um, web developer. I had to meet with like a technical guy, an audio guy, like some streaming people. I had to get a lot of information. Uh, and so eventually I did and I figured it out. I figured out how we could do it. And then, yeah, we just kind of branded it, came up with a name and then um, hit the ground running. Uh, I mean, we didn't, I didn't expect for it to unfold the way it did, but it unfolded quite quite nicely. Like, you know what I mean? Every week we just, we, I wanted to have as many different dancers as possible. Um, so, you know what I mean? Just to kind of work with everybody, but also, um, yeah, just, just, just give everybody the opportunity to maybe uh, um, have the platform. But then I, I also started to realize that um, some people, it was very difficult to do because they, they weren't very popular. And so what happens is the streams cost me to do. I have to, I still have to pay people every week when I do a stream because I have a DJ, you know, I have my host guys that mm-hmm. help out 
I have uh, I have a web developer who designs the flyers and sets up the website and does all the backend stuff. So I have people to pay every week. So um, if if a class doesn't do well, I lose money. Um, mm -hmm. And that happened a few weeks. Um, but obviously, there was a lot of times where classes did make money. So, um, but a lot of times I didn't really make. I mean, there wasn't that much money to be honest with you, because I I tried to always make sure that the dancers made some money. So. Um, and sometimes, most of the weeks, the, most of the weeks, there wasn't much left after after the dancers got paid and then the expenses got covered. But for me, it was worth it because uh, there's two reasons why it was worth it. Um, classes can always sell after the fact as well, too. So that was one plus. And then two, the exposure of even just uh, during the whole Corona COVID times, the promotion that it was giving the space was really great. So that's another reason mm -hmm. why even, even at times when I was losing money, it wasn't necessarily the most important thing for me. I, I realized that it was a great tool uh, in that in that moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I don't think I said who the person was. It was actually I don't I, I can't remember, but Clary Gudas from Budapest, uh. Hungary. She was the one who reached out to me, so I, I was very <laughs> grateful for her for that. It turned out to be something very special. So big up to her. <laughs> yeah, we're on a break right now, but we're looking to come back. What I want to do now is I want to come back in seasons. So. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm kind of formulating the next season now uh, and then I hope to be back in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Nice. And how would you like describe the concept? Uh, I mean, like the structure of the class because it's not just typical class, I would say. Yeah, so um, the dancehall cast all, I mean, um, like I said, we kind of do it as a, as a family, as a team. You know, I mean, the whole, all of the guys, they, they all help out, they all chip in, we all do it together. Um, and... And sometimes the dancers will just be around and they'll also take part and just pop in and just it's, it's like a very fun thing. So it starts with like this introduction type thing where our guys kind of warm up, the, uh, like just kind of have like a performance or a vibes thing at the start. And then um, and then we hand it over to the featured dancer. Um, they kind of warm up and then they get into their class. Um, and then, yeah, and then we are, we always try to end it. Uh, oh, then after that, we usually have like a question and answer part where we talk to the dancer a bit. And then at the end, we, um, at the end, we just, uh, try to have like a display of unity with everybody just kind of vibing together. Mm -hmm. I really love this form because it's like so complex and I can really like, uh, feel the vibes and <laughs> get ready to, to the class. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you like it. Another one of your projects is uh, Dancehall Mecca. Would you tell our listeners a few words about this as well? So um, Dancehall Mecca was kind of, I, I, I mean, the idea for Dancehall Mecca kind of came about because I was noticing that like a lot of other places in the world had some really big camps. And I thought it was very unfortunate that Jamaica, who is kind of the Mecca for Dancehall, uh, doesn't have one. Uh, so I thought I was a bit sad that there were so many uh, other places in the world that had very big um, dancehall camps. Uh, and then there was none in Jamaica, really, uh, that I thought that was on that level. Um, so I wanted to do one. So I started one and it's kind of just grown, grown into what you see it as today. I wanted to also have a very different format from other people. So I came up with what I think is a pretty unique format uh, for a dance camp where, you know, we have like all of these classes in just kind of one day. Um, 
And then, yeah, we always try to, you know, similar thing at the end where we always try to get the dancers to kind of dance together and have a vibe together as well, too. Mm-hmm. This, this, this last edition, we um, teamed up with um, Queens on Top and we had an all-female version uh, along with uh, Dancehall Ketchup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, both, I, it was funny because I'm friends with both of those people, uh, Ali Vanille, who has Queens on Top, and Jazzy, who has Dancehall Ketchup. And... Um, both of them actually came to me with this idea. They're like, hey, what do you think about doing an all-female um, version uh, well, uh, of, of Dancehall Mecca? And I just thought it was strange that both of them had this idea at a similar time. So I said, why don't we just all do it together? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then, and so it worked out really well. We were, I feel like we worked really well together. It was a pretty successful event. Um, I feel like when COVID passes, it can be, it has the potential to grow, to be really big. I would actually like to maybe, so we do Dancehall Mecca twice a year. We have um, one in January and one in July. Mm-hmm. I would like, I'd like to keep the one in January as like maybe the female version and then the one in July as the normal one. Mm-hmm. And this last edition was online, I think for the first time, right? The first time, yes. Uh, is it the direction you want to follow in the future as well? Can we also expect another edition to be done online? Yeah, I mean, I feel like from as of now, we can expect all editions to be online. Even when Corona passes, I would love to have both options where we have people in the venue and we're still streaming it online as well, too. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we're coming to part uh, that is here to get to know you a bit better, to find out like your instant reactions. It's mm-hmm. called This or That Game. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. I will be giving you two options and you just have to choose one of them, the one that is closer to your heart. Mm-hmm. I think the rules are clear, right? <laughs> yeah, I just pick whichever one, right? Almost no rules. <laughs> Okay, let's start. Uh, WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger? WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Roasted breadfruit or fried breadfruit? This really depends on my mood, but I'd have to say fried. <laughs> okay. A comedy movie or a horror movie? Comedy. Okay. Money or fame? <laughs> um... I mean, I feel like that's a weird, that's a very difficult question, but I feel like the way I've lived my life, I've already chose fame over money. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd have to say fame. Okay. Carried goat or jerk chicken? I don't eat either. I'm, I'm, I'm pescatarian. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Okay. Swimming in a pool or in the sea? I don't swim in pools, so the sea. Mm-hmm. iOS or Android? I have an Android. Oh, good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Motorcycle or a car? I have both, but I'd have to right now, since I have a broken shoulder, I have to say car. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Antique or brand new? I've never had an antique, so I wouldn't know. But I mean, I guess I would go with brand new because I'm thinking antique is going to be very difficult to get parts. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the last one, ska or rocksteady? I'd have to say rocksteady. I'm not a big fan of ska. Okay. I like it, but I'm not a big, like I wouldn't, I, I don't, I wouldn't sit at home and play ska. I would play rocksteady. 
Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Thank you for your honest answers. <laughs> And let's get back to the questions now. Uh, you made a song called Old School Wine and you release it uh, as a small documentary paying tribute to dancehall queen Carleen and the old school dancing in general. This is really beautiful, I have to say, and it's so needed to highlight the rules, the legends. How did you come up with this idea? Um. I always had it actually, I, uh, even before I had this song, I always knew I was gonna do this one day. Actually, I have another song called, um, I I've always wanted to do a remake of Beanie Man's song uh, and Chevelle Franklin's song, Dancehall Queen. Mm -hmm. um, I always wanted to, I, I probably shouldn't even say this because now somebody else might take the idea. But- um, <laughs> You have to but, be quick now. <laughs> yeah, right, I put pressure on myself. So I, I had actually planned to do it whenever I, I would release this song. But then when I had the old school wine, I thought about it and I was like, let's just do it now. You know what I mean? Like I just, the opportunity presented itself. So yeah, I just decided to just go in that direction with it. Cause I had, like I said, I already had the idea to do it. And the song kind of seemed relevant because I was saying old school wine. Um, and, and it just fit the bit, the timing of it was just good. The timing of it was just kind of perfect. So it just worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since you're paying respect to old school with the old school wine, uh, when would you say old school and mid school ended from your opinion? Where is the point for you? Because there are like many opinions about this and I'm curious about yours, how you see it. I think it's so strange how people have so quickly moved into um, like old school, mid school, new school. Like I think in, even in a couple of years time, what we call mid school is going to be considered old school too. Like. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I think we need to recognize that the genre is very young. So it's kind of weird for me to be referring to people as like old school, mid school, new school, when it's only been like a few years, like in mm -hmm. total. Like, is I think it's very difficult to define in this way, uh, with especially with these labels. Because for one, nobody really knows, like it's everybody's subjective opinions as to when something started or what, what basically what people have done is the dancing has probably gone through about three or four generations. And every generation, people attempt to label it with some, with a new name. So Vogel, instead of calling it another name, they just said old school. And then I guess with the rifical era, instead of calling this era something else, they called it middle school. And mm -hmm. then like now with these new guys, instead of coming up with another, they just said new school. So what's gonna happen in five years time? What is that gonna be, new, new, new school? <laughs> Newer school, the newest school, like, I don't know. I think we need to come up with different names to define each era because I don't think that the, that the names are very accurate. Um, all that's happened is that a new generation of dancers have, have kind of come into the picture and, and, and we need to figure out maybe different kind of names to kind of identify the new generation of dancers. So we all know that Bogle and John Hype and Ice and all of these guys were in one era. Um, and we all know that like the Ding Dongs, the Shelly Bellies, um, like all these guys came like a little bit shortly after. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't even, I would put all of them in the same bracket because when you look at, it's such a short amount of time that passed between Bogle and the Ding Dongs that, um, and Shelly Bellies that, um, that I wouldn't even differentiate that between old school and middle school. Like, you know what I mean? I, I you know what I mean? So 
like I said, I really feel like the whole demarcation between old school, middle school, new school, I, 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 don't, I think it's vague. Um, mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. In my opinion, I would say old school probably ended. I mean, by current definition, they're going to say basically the end of like the, the, the Bogle era or this type of era or the, the, the um, John Hype era. That's probably old school for a lot of people. To me, I think that's too short of a time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then middle school, this is the question that nobody can answer, really. Like, how do you know when middle school ended? Middle school is probably, to me, when I think of like the groups that personify like what people are now calling middle school, I think of like um, Rifical, I think of Elite, I think of these guys, like maybe the MOBs, um, like I think of... Um, the black blingers and the like yeah so i think of groups like this and then new school i guess is just all of these new guys the um the the, the clean steps the active immortals the um caution guys the, the whoever all of these guys that are hot right now are probably would be considered new school but i mm -hmm. just don't like that classification i don't think we should classify them as old school mid school and new school i think it's I think we're, uh, it, it's silly uh, um, to kind of think that you can put five years as a whole school uh, or an, an, another, I don't know. I think we need to come up with different names. Mm -hmm. You've got good points because it's like a gradual development and it's very hard to like put just one point when everything changes like that. Yeah, I feel like in uh, in 15 years, it's going to be like, okay, now we're in new, 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 new school. Silly. Yeah, let's see how it goes. <laughs> uh, how would you say uh, is it with uh, dancehall acceptance in the society in Jamaica? Is the dancehall culture being seen positively or are there any obstacles? Um, it's a process. It's a process. I mean, as we all know, like dancehall is ghetto culture. Um, you know what I mean? That's where dancehall comes from. So anybody who's been to Jamaica, you probably see that like Jamaica is mostly divided by class. Um, and so there's like, you know, get get to middle, upper class, whatever you want, however you want to um, term it. And and so the culture of like the ghetto is probably not going to be as, as openly accepted in other classes, especially the uptown class, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe, or maybe even the middle class that is very, tend to be very religious. So, um, it's not a surprise to me that it's not as openly accepted. Uh, you know, I mean, we also do a dance hall often does extreme things that wouldn't make it as acceptable by other society, uh, like other classes and stuff like this. So, uh, but I, like I said, I feel like it's a process. Dance hall is growing. Dance hall is evolving. Dance hall has become more encompassing of different perspectives and different views. And as this happens, more and more people will embrace it and, 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 and take on to it. So, so to answer your question, um, it's not as supported as it could be or should be, but I also feel like I said, it's such, it's still a very new genre. It's still a very new process. Um, it's still a developing. And, and a, lot of, a lot of our lack of acceptance uh, as a culture has also been a lot on us as an industry. We haven't always made ourselves that easy to um, support. Mm -hmm. So still a way to go. Uh, you're active in the dancehall scene for some time. How would you say the dancehall changed over the time from your experience? 
Um, well, like any other genre, like the genres change as the generations and the experiences change, right? So, um, I mean, back when I started dancehall, Jamaica was a very insulated place. Like we only had like one TV station and we had like a couple of radio stations and we had no cable TV and all of these things. So it was a very like insulated culture. Um, here comes cable TV from America. Um, and then a lot of things start to change. The influences start to change. I mean, now we have like a one world culture where everybody's exposed to everything. And so that's also has affected the dance hall as well too. A lot of what people call dance hall now is not what the previous generation called dance hall. Um, and uh, I mean, there's, this, there's always these big debates about it, but it's just like people need to understand that even the previous generations weren't consciously creating dance hall. We were just doing what we were exposed to and motivated to make. We were, we were creating, we weren't necessarily conscious. Nobody sat down to say, let me make an authentic Jamaican dance hall track. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, and it's the same thing that this new generation is doing. They're not consciously creating anything. They're just making the sounds that, are, that, that they're exposed to and that they're living. Um, and, and this new one world culture has impacted dancehall in this way. Like the sounds or what people are now identifying as dancehall is not what we um, like classically identified as dancehall or termed as dancehall. So there's this big divide now um, I mean, my personal opinion is that I think it's a little bit unfortunate that we've evolved so much in American direction in terms of our sound. Our, what we call dancehall now is like, we even have this trap dancehall thing now. Uh, and like dancehall overall has taken on, on a very hip hop sounding uh, pattern. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit unfortunate uh, because we had a very unique sound before and we've kind of evolved into someone else's lane. I would have liked to have seen a more um, kind of original direction. I feel like we could have evolved in our own direction where we already were and just kind of evolved more in that direction as opposed to evolving in a hip hop direction. But I mean, that's not the way the world works. You know I mean? We can, we can wish it all day. It just, it's not what, it's not what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, many, let's say, dancehall culture lovers are uh, focusing on improving their understanding of Jamaican patois. And a great way to do this is to watch interviews with Jamaicans, for example. Which sources would you recommend in this regard? Are there like any shows that can be watched online? Because, for example, I know on Stage TV that is fully on YouTube and you are also doing interviews in a show called Intense at Television Jamaica. Can this still be watched online as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if those are for free or if you have to pay to access the websites, but uh, you can definitely have like, so there's, there's various entertainment programs here in Jamaica. Um, three of the most popular entertainment programs are, uh, there's one called um, Entertainment Report, Uh, which is probably the longest standing and probably best produced uh, entertainment show uh, on local television. Um, there's a, the, the other one, other most popular one is On Stage, uh, which is another long standing one. And then there's Us, which is Intense. Um, those, are, those are all online. Uh, you can watch those. And then, I mean, I feel like it doesn't even have to be so structured right now. You know, Instagram gives everybody a platform. So you can just mm -hmm. watch anybody's 
Instagram stuff or whatever, or you can, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there is the online content. A lot of people have vlogs nowadays. A lot of people have interviews. I mean, even our website, the Bella 23 website, we have interviews that we try to do regularly like where we talk about different topics that are relevant to the community. Um, and, and so there, there's that as an option as well, too. But it, there's tons of options. There's tons of ways. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you for the tips. <laughs> are there any other projects that you would like to talk about and introduce or what are you planning to do in the nearest future? Um, right now, my energy is kind of just getting ge geared on um, bringing back the Dancehall Can't Style uh, series. And then also the other, the next thing I want to do is I want to have a platform similar to this for artists, uh, for the singers. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of working on that now to see, figure out how we can do that and make it kind of like pay the bills in terms of because it's, it's expensive, especially when you're going to do it for artists. So um, we need to figure out how we can pay for that or how we can get that covered or, or how we can monetize that. Um, so yeah, that's another project that I'd like to look at um, in, in the near future. But um, yeah, there's always projects, you know, like even Bele, like oh, I definitely, there's a lot of work to do with Bele still, you know, I mean, Corona really slowed up our finances and a lot of our stuff. So um, there's a lot of things we need to get on track with, with Bele. And I'd love to expand Bele as well too. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> We'll be looking forward to hear. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I will keep an eye on those, of course. <laughs> Sanji, uh, where can our listeners find you on uh, the internet? What are your social platforms accounts to follow? So as me as an artist, you can find me on all my platforms, my website, my Instagram, everything, YouTube. Sanji is the name. Um, every platform that there is that I'm on, It's under the same um, title. Sanjay is the name, one word, all spelled um, correctly. Uh, and then for um, the guest house, uh, everything is Bella23JA. Uh, so the website, the Instagram, Facebook, everything, Bella23JA. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for for your view and for being with us today. It's been an honor to have you here. I'm really glad. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's always a pleasure. And I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I love your name, by the way, Laba Laba. I love that. That's a perfect. <laughs> that's a perfect name. It's a great name. It's a great Thank you name. so much. <laughs> it's a good idea, and I think you have you have a you have something good going on. So yeah, keep it up. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you all for listening to this episode. If you like the interview, stay tuned for more. Old news can be found on our webpage, labalaba.page. And don't forget to follow our Instagram, Facebook, and Spotify account. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you.